0: Welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Happy Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it's an incredible time to be able to gather for our first service in person together, I love the 11 o'clock service. I believe that God has something special for all of us here. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Ethan. I had the opportunity to, to be a senior pastor here at Gateway Church here in the Houston area. Uh, we've been here in Katy since December 6th, but we we've had a journey last year, January 26th, is when we launched Gateway Church here in the Houston area, which is obviously the perfect time to launch a church, Uh, but seven weeks later, life kind of shifted on all of us, so we kind of went through this journey, but God's been faithful every single step of the way, and we're really just so grateful to be here with some incredible people, really walking down the journey of what it looks like to develop an intimate relationship with God, because God wants to know us, and he wants to be known by us, so we've been walking down that path, but God's done some incredible things along this journey. Uh, one of the things that he's done, I know we're portable right now at our first service. We're so grateful to be able to meet here at Seven Lakes High School. But last year, actually, we, actually earlier this year, we closed on our first building, which was a really a miracle building that God opened the doors for us to have. So we're excited about that. It's a former Toys R Us building right next to Katie Mills Mall in Typhoon, Texas. So we have that building, but I actually... Wanted to kind of get us a little bit excited. We've been doing some renderings as far as what the building is going to look like because it's going to look drastically different. And I brought a picture here with me of the outside so you can see what it looks like a little bit. So as you can see, there's some nice cars out there. I claim one of them, which is going to be great. But this whole entire Toys R Us building is really going to be resurrected in and of itself and really transformed. And we're excited for the future that God has for us at Gateway Church, and I'm just so glad you're here with us today. I believe that God has a word for all of us. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five, and today, we'll obviously be talking about the resurrection, but I believe that the resurrection that happened over 2,000 years ago is the most significant event in all of history. It's the event that shapes and changes everything. It's the event that makes the greatest difference back then, but it also plays a part in what God wants to do here and now. It was the event that started the church and really started Christianity. It was the event where the disciples got the courage and the faith to where over 2,000 years later, we're sitting in a high school celebrating the risen Lord because he is risen and he is risen indeed. And there is over 2.1 billion, with a B, Followers of Christ around the world globally. Just think about that. The Capital C Church is, a, is large and it's continuing to grow. It's the largest uh, in the history, really, of the world that followed a man who died, was buried, and was raised again. And here's why. It's because the resurrection gives us hope. Right. It gives us hope for our past. It gives us hope for our present and also gives us hope for the future. Right. So my message title today is simple. Is hope is here. Hope is here. Because of the resurrection, you can have hope today. This is the working definition that I want to go through as we go through today. It's hope is the absolute expectation of coming good based on the character of God. Hope is the absolute expectation of coming good based on the character of God. And here's why this makes a difference. Because God designed every single one of us to have hope. This is the way that we live. We need to have hope. We need to have hope that there's something ahead of us that's ultimately good. We're wired this way and every single person is made this way. But over the last year, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's some dreams that have been a little bit derailed. The world is kind of turned upside down. The things that we may have hoped would happen, the people that we may have hoped in, may not have turned out the way that we originally thought they would. And it's gotten to this place where we've been disappointed. As a matter of fact, the scriptures speak to this. In Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. How many of you have ever felt that? That anxiety, that sickness, that that wrestling, trying to figure out, okay, what's next? Is there hope? tomorrow because the truth is if we get stuck in that place of frustration we get stuck in that place of doubt where there is no hope and we feel helpless just so you know the longer you still continue to feel helpless it's very easy to fall into being hopeless so we have to be able to come to the place where we don't just simply cope through life but that we have a hope in life and what God wants to do in us and through us because if we're simply here to cope we'll be stuck for the rest of our lives the scriptures never tell us to simply cope. It tells us that we can be free to be the people that God has called for us to be. But it's going to take hope in order for us to be able to walk this out. And I want to tell you the type of hope I'm talking about today. It's not just kind of wishy-washy, I just, I just hope or I just dream that something will happen. The hope that I'm talking about today is a hope that frees us from our past, because if we don't take care of the past, even if we have hope for the future, the past is still following right along with us in the baggage of that, right? So many times we see that in our own lives and also other people's lives. But it's also a hope that gives us peace and joy in the now and also builds our faith for something good in the future. And that's the type of hope that the resurrection gives us today. So I want to have, talk about three things the resurrection gives us, the types of hope. And the first one is this. He gives us a confident hope. He gives us a confident hope. What is the source of your confidence in life? And this is a very important question because where your hope is, your heart is as well. If you think I can put my hope in the world, guess what? Your heart is also going to be in that place. If you put your hope in people, your, your heart is going to be with people instead of with God, so it's important to answer this question, what gives us confidence? So many people, they look around in their lives and they may have had the money, they may have had success in their career, they may have the relationship, the marriage, the kids, and they sit down and wonder themselves after accumulating all this stuff on the outside and they ask this question, is this all that life that there is? Is this all that life is? And the answer is no, it's just the best of what the world has to offer. This is... That's what the world has to offer. If you want to hope, it's going to have to transcend what's in this world because the world can only offer you a substitute. It cannot offer you the the real thing. It offers you easy access but only gives you short-term fulfillment. And the thirst that you have and the hunger that you have in your life will not be satisfied with something that is in the world because you were made for more. But the world wants to give it to you easy. Well, most things he says, you can simply just swipe right. I love Amazon. I feel like there's an Amazon package at my house all the time, yes. but they made it really easy to shop. So if you have that habit, you just have to swipe right. For relationships, there's different apps where you can swipe right on the person that you think looks good. <laughs> Want to start a relationship with, it's very simple. But here's the reality. The substitutes that the world gives will not satisfy you. Think about this for a second. The world may offer you fame and may offer you popularity, but that's not what you truly need to be satisfied. We were made to know each other and to be known by others. We were made for that. It may all say, hey, if you want freedom, just be free who you want to be. Just do whatever you want to do, not realizing that walking down that path could ultimately lead you into bondage and to being controlled. Because it's important that we don't accumulate everything on the outside to portray an image Instead of focusing on the fact that we've been made in the image of God. So it's important for us to come to that place. Now, that's the world, but what about people? Do we look to people to give us hope? Or do we place our hope in people? Psalm 118 verse 8 says this. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And here's why this is. Because if we're gonna place our hope in people long-term, we'll always be disappointed. We've always faced disappointment. Whether from a spouse, we face disappointment. Things aren't the way that we thought they were gonna be. If you had a parent or you are a parent, you know that there's disappointment that can be there. Your job can disappoint you. Your boss can disappoint you. People can disappoint us, and here's why. Because humanity was never meant to carry the burden of hope. We weren't meant to carry it. Trusting in man is not gonna give you confidence that you need in order to be able to walk through. Now, I have some weights up here. I have my five pounder and my 15 pounder. I just wanna get a a quick lift in real quick as we're here on Resurrection Sunday. I'm just kidding, it's it's lightweight, be easy. And some of you, this represents your hope. The hope that you placed on other people, the hope that you put in other people's hands. The hope that they may have been carrying not just a single day, not just a single month, but they've been carrying for years. Maybe the hope that you put in your spouse, the hope that you put on your job. And while it seems small and it seems light, eventually that person is going to get tired of carrying that hope. They're going to get weary because carrying weights around and the burdens that other people may give you will make you tired. So here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we don't need other people in in our lives. I'm not saying that that's not a good place for us to go. I'm just saying it's not the first place that we should go. Because the reality is where you go first will determine what your source is. If you've asked that question, hey, what's my source? Where do you go first? See, my wife is an incredible wife, but she makes a terrible God. I'm an incredible husband, I hope at least, (laughs) but I make a terrible God. And we can lean on each other, but we can't just continue to lean on each other. Like I said, leaning on each other is actually a very good thing. I told my wife she can... Lean on me when she's not strong, and I'll be your friend. Okay. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long. Sing it with me. Till I'm gonna somebody to lead Y'all sound a lot better than I do. Give yourselves a hand. Come on now. It's incredible. But we can lean on each other. But here's the sad part. If everyone's leaning on each other, then in the long run, we're simply using each other as a crutch instead of growing in the confident hope that every single one of us can grow in. Because eventually, the weight of putting hope in other people's hands will be too much and will put them down. And many times, people have wrestled with this so hard whenever people disappoint them. Many times, it's not because they rejected you or not because they didn't accept you. It's simply because the weight of what they were carrying for you was too much. And humanity was never meant to carry that Burden. See, Romans 5, 3-8 tells us this. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Look at this right now when we were utterly helpless Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners now most people would not be willing to die, would be not be willing to die for an upright person though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good but God showed and demonstrated his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners So we can rejoice when we have problems. We can rejoice when we have trials. Why? Because we ultimately know that walking out this process develops character, which will eventually lead to us developing hope in him. And it's a confident hope. It's a hope that does not lead to disappointment. But why is that? This word disappointment literally means shame that's put on you from hope that may have fallen through, from placing our confidence in the wrong thing. So here's what he's saying. The hope that God gives is a confident hope that will not lead to be shame being put on you. It will be lead to shame being taken off you. Right. So we're not meant to carry shame. We're not meant to carry guilt. We're not meant to carry these things that life wants us to carry. Yeah. We're meant to lay them at his feet when we place our hope in him. So hope doesn't disappoint. So here's what the opposite of that is. That means hope appoints. Hope gives you appointments. There's divine appointments that God wants you to have, but it will only come through faith. Another thing from that passage that tells us is that God came at just the right time. Hopefully you're grateful for that. He knew exactly when to come in our lives. He knew exactly when to come to the earth, which tells me this, that God's love is not by chance, it's by choice. It's not by chance that he just came. It was by choice set from the very beginning, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. This is the God that we serve, that wanted to be in relationship with us and take care of our past so that we could have forgiveness. Now, this word love, and I know many people throw out the word love so easily. They love ice cream. They love animals. They love all these different things. And yes, that is a relevant love. But the love in this passage speaks to the word agape, which means an unconditional, sacrificial love that God has for us that's not based on the other person. All the time, I have four kids, ages seven, six, four, and three. So pray for my wife because she's a trooper. But I all the time, I'll, I'll gather them together, I'll just hug one of them, and I'll just squeeze them as tightly as I can so they're still able to breathe a little bit. And I'll just tell them, hey, just so you know, Daddy loves you and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. Right. It's a reminder to them that Dad, your father loves you and there's nothing that you can do to change it. There's no failure, there's no sin, there's no mistake that you can make that will take away my love from you. And God is saying the same thing to us Today. He's saying that there's nothing that can take or separate you from my love. He has that love for us today. He's not trying to get you back for something you may have done wrong. He's trying to bring you back. He's trying to restore you. He's trying to give you a hope that you can ultimately be confident in. When Jesus gave his life, he went through tremendous torture. He was willing to go through pain. He was willing to go through suffering so that you could have a confident hope, so that I could have a confident hope. He was willing to go through these things to be tortured on the cross, to be spit on, to be mocked, to be beaten, to be scourged, for a crown of thorns to be placed on his head. He was willing to go through these things so that we could ultimately have life and be forgiven and have a confident hope for the future. Romans fifteen thirteen tells us this. I pray that the God, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing that we need to realize, that you can't give what you don't have. Here's why God could give us hope, because he's the source of it. So the confident hope that we have comes from the source, not just from something else. So that's the first thing the resurrection gives us. It gives us a confident hope. Here's the second part. He gives us an anchoring hope. He gives us an anchoring hope. And this hope has to do with our security. Confident hope has to do with our source. This hope has to do with our security. What anchors your life? When things get rocky, when things get shaky, do you begin to drift? Or do you have an anchor that holds you firm? Here's what I personally believe anchors our lives. It anchors our hearts so that we can have hope for the future is that God gives us a purpose and then two, you realize that you were made by God and you were made for God and he's given you a purpose, life simply won't make sense. Life simply won't make sense. You'll go day by day wondering, am I made for more? The answer is yes, but you're ultimately made for God. Yeah. Mark eight thirty four says this, Them, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, he said, if any of you want to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole entire world yet lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And the answer is no. There isn't anything that's worth more than your soul. This is why God came and he gave his son so that your soul could be with him for all of eternity. There's nothing worth more than your soul. But look at this. The worst anchor that you can actually have is the anchor that you place in yourself. If If your security, if your strength, is all of your hope is placed in yourself, that's going to be a sinking ship very fast. Because so many times whenever we look to ourselves for answers, we end up asking more questions because we can't bring the answer, because we're not the answer, but we can go to the one who has all the answers because he is the answer. We can trust in him, we can hope in him, and that ultimately is what is gonna anchor our lives. Now, uh, like I said, I have four kids. My wife, she's incredible, but during every single pregnancy, and I'm just gonna talk about her, I don't think it applies to all women in general, even if you're watching online, but she got really clumsy During all of our pregnancies, she told me I could tell this story. (laughs) But she got really clumsy every single time. She would drop stuff here. She would drop stuff there. And there was one day where she had just gotten out of the bathroom, and she she came running out. She was frantic. I was like, oh, my goodness, is something wrong? She went into the pantry. She grabbed a, a bag, and she poured a bunch of rice in it, and then she stuck her phone in it. And I was like, oh, did you drop your phone in the toilet this time again? And she said, oh no, that didn't happen. And if it were in the toilet, she would have come and gotten me to get it out. So I actually knew it wasn't that. But she had dropped her phone in the bathtub, and this literally happened every single pregnancy, so I made sure that I was up to date with our Apple Care plan every time we got pregnant. But here's the funny thing about the phone. And this was before all the technology that's like, hey, you can take your phone underwater and take pictures. This was way back in the day, 2013. So way back in the day technology moves fast. But the next day, after she plugged it in, it worked fine. So we're like, oh, wow, you got away with it. But then a week later, another feature went out. An app would go out. Things weren't working right. Then anytime she'd take a call on the phone, it would sound a little bit muffled. Then she couldn't text. And when she couldn't text, that was pretty much it. We had to take it in and get it fixed as soon as we possibly could. But here's why I tell that. So many times when we have our anchor in ourselves, it looks like our lives are doing well. It looks like things are going well, things are doing good, your job may be good, your marriage may even be good, but there may come a time where things that are good today fall apart tomorrow. And if you don't have a security that's going to hold you during those times, during those times of hardship, you'll eventually drift away because you don't have a strong foundation. But here's the reason why most of us, it's hard for us to take up our cross And it's not just about the cross, it's about the second part. Because between the cross and the uh, resurrection is another word. It's called burial. Burial can be the hard part. I don't know if you knew this, but God is actually trying to kill you. (laughs) I know many of you are saying, I've suspected it all along. Now I know. Thank you for letting me know. Now, I'm not talking about physically. I'm not talking about he gives you diseases, all those different things. But here's what he is trying to do. He is trying to kill your flesh. He's trying to kill the things that would ultimately keep you from him and that would ultimately be for your good. That's what he's trying to remove from you. But it takes a process called burial. And you may be in that place today where the things that you love, the things that you cared about, your marriage, your ministry, your business, your family, relationships, whatever it may be, feel like they're buried and there's no hope. Because the disciples, whenever Jesus was buried, they felt like that was final. But with God, they eventually learned that burial is not final, that God can resurrect, that he can bring the dead things back to life. And I just want to let you know today, and I hope you're listening, that whatever you're going through today that you may think is dead, if you're able to bring it to God, he can potentially resurrect that thing and point you into a new direction to give you life that will ultimately anchor you so that you're able to move forward into tomorrow. So where have you anchored your soul? Here's where we should go. Hebrews 6.19 tells us this. He says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So here's what he's saying. You have a hope that's behind the veil. Here's what the veil used to represent. The veil was where the high priest could only go into the most holy place. The holy of holies, and only one person can actually go into the presence of God. And here's what this passage is saying, that Jesus went in there for us as our high priest. And whenever he died on the cross, the veil was ripped from top to bottom. And what man could not do, God did so we could have access to him and be in the presence of God. But the the thing that we're hoping for and the thing that we're desiring is God's presence. And because of Jesus' death, we now have that presence that can ultimately anchor us. And here's what this word means, a forerunner. It means a Greek word, and I didn't, you didn't know if you're going to learn Greek, but if you're here, we talk about Greek all the time. It means, it's a word called prodromos, and here's what it means. It says he went before us. He's the forerunner. He went before us. So here's what this had to deal with. He, this, this language and this imagery that's being used represents a ship that is caught in a storm, but is trying to get to harbor. So what typically what happen is they would send out a smaller ship that would take the anchor of the larger ship into the harbor, put it down so it would be secure so that the larger ship could ultimately get in no matter what was going on on the outside and no matter circumstances or situations or storms that they were in. And here's what it's saying, that Jesus is our anchor and no matter what the storms of life may bring, we can still be secure, we can still be safe and know that we have a hope because of what he has done and because he has gone before us into the presence of God. Yeah. Romans eight twenty eight speaks to this, a very familiar verse. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And look at this, are called according to his purpose for them. See, God has a purpose for every single one of us. And the fact that there's a storm isn't what's important. The question is, where is your anchor because once our souls are secured we can connect other people to the one who secured our soul and that's our ultimate purpose in life to know God, be known by him and to bring other people into relationship with him so the resurrection gives us a confident hope for our source it gives us an anchoring hope for our security and then it gives us an enduring hope to sustain us It gives us an enduring hope. I want to tell you a quick story, a little bit of history for those that love history, and even if you don't, you get to listen. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to talk about a a city in Flagstaff. Flagstaff is the fourth largest lake in Maine, but prior to 1950, the lake actually did not even exist. In 1949, Central Maine Power built the Long Falls Dam and created Flagstaff. The creation of the lake flooded three small villages that were there at the time, one of them being the town of Flagstaff. But something interesting happened. In the months before it was to be flooded, all improvements and repairs in the town were stopped. So, you have to think about this. Before it's about to be flooded, before Flagstaff is about to be fully created as this lake, all the improvements stopped, all the paintings stopped, all the repairs stopped, and the towns began to get more and more run down. Because to them, what was the point? What was the point of Fixing something today when there was no hope for it tomorrow. And they interviewed a guy, and he said something very powerful, and I hope we catch this. He, in the interview, said this. Where there is no hope in the future, there's no power in the present. Where there is no hope in the future, there's no power in the present. Here's how that applies to us today and the enduring hope that God gives us is there's no point in knowing the purpose of God and not having the power of God. The power of God to move forward in his purposes, to move forward in his strength. He gives us his spirit so that we can be empowered to walk out the life that he's called for us to walk. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 says this, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a hope that endures. This word endure means to be able to carry the load patiently for a long period of time. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, no matter disappointments, frustrations, whatever it is, the hope that we can have in Jesus can endure and carry that load. See, here's the thing. If hope does not endure for a long time, then it's not gonna be hope for us that we can cling to. It's not gonna be hope that we can hold on to if it's not gonna last, because here's the truth, we are looking for an eternal hope. So there's only one person that can give it to us. See, God can give us eternal hope because he's an eternal God. When it says he can give us eternal life, it's because he is an eternal being. So if we want something that's eternal, we want something that lasts even after this life, we have to come to an eternal God so that we can have life, so that we can have hope for tomorrow. So it's important that we get this. And the disciples at the beginning didn't. If you read through the passages, they kind of out themselves a little bit that they weren't quite the believers that they could have been. So many times we think, if I would have just been there on the earth with Jesus and seen him do all those miracles, those signs and those wonders, and he told me that he was going to die, be buried and be resurrected, I would believe him. But there's almost everybody who was there at the time, saw everything, did not believe. Because there's a difference between thinking something and knowing something. They thought that Jesus was the Messiah before his death. They knew that Jesus was the Messiah after his resurrection. And it changed everything about them. The cowards who betrayed and ran away from him and were scattered ultimately became courageous. And they stepped forward and they were willing to give their entire lives. There was only one of them that wasn't martyred, and they tried to kill him. And since they couldn't kill him, they actually exiled John to the island of Patmos. So in the middle of all this, they changed. But here's what they thought beforehand. Luke 24 tells us, verse 11 and 12. Whenever they were told about the tomb being empty, it says, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, they decided to do a little bit of investigation. It said, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. See, some people here today, you may be in this room, you may even be watching online, talking about the resurrection, you're wondering, okay, so a friend invited me, what's this resurrection thing all about? It sounds like nonsense. Just so you know, you'd be in good company. Because there's, his closest followers say it sounded like nonsense when we were told at the very beginning it too. So what changed? What changed in their lives? What can change our lives? The thing that changed their lives and the things that can change our lives too is the resurrection. This is what gives us a hope that endures for tomorrow. In 1 Corinthians 15, this is the Apostle Paul writing and you need to know who he is for a second before I read this. This was a man who actually hated and persecuted Christians. There's still Christians today that are being persecuted, but he, he, would, he would grab them, and he would kill some, he put them in jail. Like this is what he did, and he has an encounter with Jesus. And his life has changed, and this is what he writes. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most who who are still alive, though some are still dead. So here's what he's saying. This event, the resurrection, did not happen in a corner. Afterwards, what changed was is they saw the man who was dead and was buried now alive. A New Testament scholar says this, and I love what he said. He says, Here's how I look at the evidence for the resurrection. First, did Jesus die on the cross? And second, did he appear later to people? If you can establish those two things, you've made your case because dead people normally don't do that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Whenever we've had a dead person, we normally bury them. We don't see them walking around later. Yet here we see Jesus with over 500 people at one time that see him, to let him know that it was real. And that's why the message of the gospel that he was dead, buried, was raised again, has gone throughout generations. And over 2,000 years later, we're here in this building today. We're watching online because he is truly risen. It changed everything for them. But he goes a step further. He says, wait for my spirit because he has something more for them to be able to walk out in power. Remember, there's no point and purpose without the power. But he says to them, wait, because I want to give you power. And the same power that he's given, he wants to give every single one of us and the power that we can walk in today is the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He wants to live on the inside of us. So we never have to question, is God truly for me? Because if he was willing to give his life for you and for me, that shows us that he is for us. That shows us that he loves us. All we have to simply do is confess him as our Lord and Savior. And he will come to live in us. So what changed is that the tomb was empty. What changed is that the resurrection happened and they had firsthand evidence of this. And they realized that they had an enduring hope. And they even realized a step further, they realized that hope had a name and his name was Jesus. And if we put our lives on this, it will stand the test of time. 1 John verse five, uh, chapter 4, verse 15 says this, all who declare or confess that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Ultimately, for those who have already confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, he's living on the inside of you and you're living on the inside of him. But it just simply comes by confessing. It comes by believing that Jesus is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead. Whenever I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian home, a single-parent family home. Uh, My mom was incredible. She helped us grow up in church. I was the person who was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, and if there was any other night that something was happening, I was there. So I'm grateful for this heritage. But here's how I describe my walk with God. Even through college, I would describe it as a walk where I was kind of managing the distance. I was following God, but I wasn't as close as I needed to be, and really as I wanted. I felt like there was just something that was missing in my life, and I didn't have the hope that I'm even speaking of today. And I remember very clearly when I was in my apartment. I had just moved to Dallas for work, graduated uh, college. I moved to Dallas and my apartment, Churchill on the Park, I was in my room at the time living by myself and I was sitting on the futon because that's what I could afford at the time. And I just remember that moment that I gave my life fully and completely not just to make Jesus my savior, but to make him my Lord, to surrender my life fully and completely to him. I just want to say in that day forward, my life has changed. I've been made new. And I'm not going to say that I haven't made any mistakes. I'm not going to say I haven't made a few mistakes, as a matter of fact. Two two to be exact. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Too many to count is really what the truth is. Or the mistakes that I made. But he still loves me. He still brings me back. And the promise that he gives is that if you draw near to him today, no matter how far you've been away, no matter how long you've been away or if you've never come to him, you can place your trust in him and know that he will draw near to you and we have a hope that endures. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Whether you're here in this room or online, we've heard several different stories of people who have committed their lives to God who even in the situation where they didn't have hope, found their hope in God. He wants to give you today a confident hope. He wants to let, that takes care of your past, that forgives you, that frees you. He wants to give you peace, life, and joy in the present, and a a hope that anchors you and secures you. And he wants to give you a hope that sustains, a hope where you can believe for tomorrow, a good future, and a good hope is what he has for every single one of us. But you may be in this place today and you're, or you're watching online and you're like me. You're like there, there was some distance there. Your parents may have known God. You may have even grown up in church, but there was hurt that was there. I just want to say today, don't let your hurt keep you from the healer. Don't stay in that any longer. Come to him. He loves you and he wants to live with you and he wants to give you a hope today. So in a second here, I'm going to simply ask those that say, hey, I want to put my faith in God or I want to rededicate my life to God today. I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand because it says, if you declare me before men, I will declare you before my Father. There's a place in heaven for you. So everybody right now, under the sound of my voice, those even watching online at your house, wherever you're watching, if you say today, I want to put my faith in God's Son, I want To have this hope, I want you to put your hand up and put your hand up high. No one looking around, but I want you to put your hand up. There's hope for you today. You can put your hands down. Now we're going to pray a prayer, and even if you didn't raise your hand, but you feel like God's tugging at your heart right now, just pray this prayer, and I want every single person to pray with me, even if you're watching online. Just say these words. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to the earth to die for my sins so that I could have relationship with you I receive your grace today and I put my faith in you and I receive your gift of salvation of righteousness and of hope thank you for making me a new person today in jesus name i pray amen and amen now i want us all to celebrate and put our hands together for the life change that has happened today for the people that said yes to god it says the angels in heaven rejoice when people who are lost come to know him and we want to help you walk along this journey Uh, we don't want you to walk this journey of faith alone So even after the service, you can come down. There'll be people down front that want to pray with you. We have a gift that we'd love to give you. But for every single person here, even those that are watching online, you can text the word PURPOSE to 94000. And that allows us to know who you are and helps us to get a Bible to you. And so that you can walk this journey, because God has a purpose and a plan, and he wants you to give you the power to be able to walk it out. So if you're here, let's stand to our feet. We're going to go back into a song of worship, lifting up the name of Jesus and celebrating what he's done and the fact that he has risen from the grave. I love you guys. joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.